0: This is the Artisan CEO Podcast, Season 3, Episode 5. On this episode, we'll be talking about the best investments I've made in my business over the last 13 years. We'll be covering where I've spent some of the most money, how it's paid off, and which investments I'll be prioritizing this year. Welcome to the Artisan CEO, where the art of photography meets the business of profits. This is where strategy and craftsmanship coexist, so that you can run a creative business that supports a life you love. I'm your host, Abby Grace, and I promise to give it to you straight. Matt and I were having a conversation several years ago. It was right after I opened my first business bank account, so it was probably like 2011-2012 2011-2012 um, and I can't remember the exact expense I was discussing with Matt but there was something photography related that I was considering purchasing probably a lens that I was still building up my gear at that point and I wanted Matt's take on whatever the decision was and his response was well you can just use the business account and I was like hold on this isn't monopoly money there are real dollars in this bank account but I have seen way too many instances of business owners since then. And to, like, to Matt's credit, he's an incredible business manager. We have both learned a lot about stewarding business expenses, but we were like, early 20s, had no idea how to run businesses. We're doing everything but you know, flying by the seat of our pants. So um, it's a common mistake, though. You know, it's something we see with new business owners all the time. of People not, not truly understanding that whether with credit cards that they've used to rack up business debt, or maybe they're making big, unnecessary purchases with money that they already have because, hey, it's a write-off. This Misunderstanding of what truly qualifies as a business investment. Money has always been an uncomfortable subject for me. Uh, I used to try to DIY everything that I could in order to save myself from an expense. Um, So I kind of tend to go like where some people go like, whoa, it's monopoly money. Like, we'll just spend it. I go on the opposite end of the spectrum. My mantra for the first couple of years was if I can make it myself, there's no sense in paying somebody else to do it until I realized just how much that was actually costing. If you guys go back to season two, episode two, CEOs don't do coffee runs. We talk about outsourcing and what would push you, like what kind of qualifiers or markers to look for when it may be be time to outsource something. But in this episode, we're talking about investments, not outsourcing. Eventually, I wised up and realized that the whole you have to spend money to make money thing was actually true when exercised with caution that shouldn't be something that you say to yourself you know to excuse a frivolous expense that you can't afford because you can find a way to justify almost anything so yes it does take spending in order to earn but when it comes to big expenses and also I mean honestly small ones too those can really add up if you're not paying attention I want to make sure that all of those are done with intention like how is this expense actually how is this investment actually going to pay off So let's talk about that word investment real quick, because by definition, an investment is something that should eventually result in financial returns. An expense is a sunk cost. You spend money on a good or service and it does not provide financial return afterwards. So buying a house is typically an investment. The house will hopefully continue to appreciate in value so that you can sell it for more than you paid while you are also building equity as you pay down your mortgage. Buying a car, on the other hand, is an expense. Unless we're talking about some kind of collector vehicle, a car will typically only ever depreciate in value. I remember as a kid, my papa telling me that if you ever buy a new car, make sure you look in the rearview mirror so that you can watch the dollar bills flying out of the back of the car as you drive away from the dealer. Cars lose an average of nine to 11% of their value as soon as you drive them off the lot. It is a depreciating asset, which makes it an expense, not an investment. Way too often, we see creatives mixing up those two, generally in the name of making themselves feel better about something, You know, maybe they're unsure whether or not they should buy it or not. And I I have done this too, okay? I've done this, you've probably done this, it's okay. It's a lesson that every business owner has to learn. Real quick, photographers, are you tired of lather, rinse, and repeating the same tired collection of forgettable photos from one brand session to the next? If you're ready to turn yawn-worthy galleries into the sort of results that thrill your clients and get you both noticed, then you're definitely gonna wanna join me for my free training, The Backstage Secret to Scroll Stopping Brand Photography. Whether you're a seasoned veteran or you're just getting started out in the world of branding, this session is for you. I'll teach you my number one strategy for crafting stories that resonate with your clients and their audience, which is the biggest secret behind creating galleries that not only look stunning, but also drive engagement and sales for your clients, which, spoiler alert, is what keeps them coming back for additional sessions in the future because as brand photographers, purposeful matters more than pretty, but who says you can't have both? Our job is to think like a marketer and shoot like an artist, but you have to have both pieces of that equation and learning to approach with the mindset of a strategist, that changes everything. So if you're raring to say goodbye to cliche galleries that simply repeat what's already clogging your Pinterest and social media, and hello to a method that drives brand loyalty and real bottom line growth, then head on over to abbygrace.co slash training. That's abbygrace.co slash training. It's time to leave those forgettable, smiling at a laptop photos in the dust in favor of a more tailored approach that's going to leave your clients obsessed and already planning for their next shoot with you. One more time, that's abbygrace.co slash training. I'll see you in class. So for this episode, I'm gonna be detailing the best investments that I've made. If you wanna hear about my best expenses, I mean, gosh, that sounds boring, but if you want to, I'm happy to make another episode on that. But today we're gonna talk about the money that I've spent that has gone on to make me more than I put in. And number one is joining a mastermind. I avoided joining a mastermind for a really long time, for the first 10 years, 10 or 11 years of my business. Because honestly, I could not see the value. I didn't understand the purpose of them. Um, I thought it was just like glorified group coaching um, or like a glorified group of friends getting together and dishing about the problems that they were having, but maybe not actually growing in a substantial way. I don't know why that was the impression that I had, but it just was. Um, So while I love my mastermind that I'm part of for problem solving, if I am in crisis mode, the thing that I love more is actually the new ideas that are generated as a result of spending time with my mastermind folks. So the initial impression that I had of mastermind was totally off. I did not realize how powerful that they could be. Paying To get into the room with brilliant minds I have found is the best way that we have spent money over the years and the mastermind has been the most powerful example of that. So a friend of mine, the the way I found out about my mastermind was a friend of mine kept referencing their business coach in conversations we were talking about launching. Um, And then I watched while this friend's business just grew and grew and grew. And then when I started asking questions about her strategy, her response was, Abs, you just, you really need to join this mastermind. Trust me, not like stop asking me questions, but oh, there's so much goodness waiting for you. Just join the mastermind, take my word for it. So the mastermind that I'm part of has entrepreneurs from All different industries, which is part of what makes it so powerful. We have people from the t-shirt and branded merch industry. We have Facebook ads experts, social media agency owners, coaches, designers, therapists, photographers. The breadth is incredible what we all have in common the sort of unifying theme throughout the group is that all of us market our businesses online in some capacity but because everybody is selling something different everybody's marketing something different for the most part we all feel free to share our best ideas and our best practices because even if somebody does take your idea and run with it they are speaking to a totally different group and selling a completely different product or service there's another photographer in my mastermind another brand photographer in my mastermind but I am not worried about sharing our best ideas because I'm in the mastermind to learn how to market for my student side of things and she's very much focused on the client side of things. So it's cool because we can share ideas and be super open without worrying like, oh no, how is this going to take away from my business? So the pop-up podcast that we did last spring called Unsinkable Marketing, maybe you caught that, that was inspired by somebody in my mastermind. And guess what? That pop-up podcast was what gave me the guts to finally launch this public podcast. Without that pop-up... I don't think I ever would have had the confidence to launch The Artisan CEO and recording this podcast has quickly become one of my favorite parts of my week. The lighting course that we're working on right now, my coach, the one who's at the head of the mastermind, she was the one who pushed me to develop it. Before her suggestion, um, it was actually just a small bonus that we like a very basic lighting bonus that we offered some of our Brain Photography Academy students. But with her push, I realized it's actually something that could benefit a much broader audience and that keeping it hidden inside BPA was hurting more than it was helping. So the mastermind is amazing from problem solving and crisis management when the occasion calls for it, but the even bigger benefit from joining that I couldn't see it until I was in it, like I knew it was there, but I couldn't see what that was going to look like for our business until I was in it. The bigger benefit has been the amount of revenue generating ideas that I've taken away from the mastermind. But then I also have the opportunity to, I've I've had the opportunity to serve several of my fellow masterminders as their brand photographers, sometimes shooting for these clients several times over. And so all of that combined has far outweighed the investment that I've made in the mastermind. Investment number two is paying for design, website and brand design. So my first website was a blog site back in 2011 that I paid my friend's sister $1,000 to design for me and it did the trick for the first few months and it was definitely better than anything I could have come up with by myself, but it didn't take me long to outgrow the confines of a blog site. I needed to be able to have an about page, which I think I had one with the blog site, but it was like, it was like a it was like a blog post. Um, I didn't really have a portfolio page. There wasn't a page for investments. It, it really felt more like a blog. Um, so I hired a designer a year later to create me a big girl website on ShowIt. And that took some tinkering. Uh, and there were definitely some expensive mistakes that I made at the beginning. But once I started working with Jeff Shipley, things really picked up speed. Jeff is one of the founders of Tonic Site Shop, which we love. Love Tonic Site Shop. Best website templates on the internet for sure, especially when you're talking about show-up websites. Um, And he and Jen Olmsted founded uh, Tonic around the same time, actually, that he and I started working together on the custom design for my website. And I've been so lucky to continue to have his eyes on my visual brand as it's evolved over the last 10 years at this point we've been working together. So Jeff has been with me as I moved from mid-level weddings to higher-end affairs, and he helped keep my website growing and refining with me, like, as my work was growing and refining. And as also, as we were getting more drilled in on my brand personality and my target audiences, all of that changed. Um, he helped my website change along with it. And then as we began to pivot into branding, Jeff was there too. So at first, we simply created an extra page on my website. It was like abbygracephotography.com slash Brand photography or something. While my my main website was still devoted to weddings, Um, but then once I was ready to cut the cord and and say we're not booking weddings anymore, he came in and redesigned the rest of the website, like my homepage, my services page, and more, to reflect the fact that my brand is now only like branding is now my only photography offer. I'll say this: good design is expensive, but you know what's more expensive? Bad design. Because while good design attracts the right clients, and by that I mean your target audience, bad design can turn off the dream clients, or worse, it can cause you to be ignored. And being ignored is a recipe for failure. I want to point out, I've been working with Jeff for 10 years now. So we typically come back for a refresh every couple of years, maybe minor tweaks along the way as needed. Um... My website will always be a work in progress because my brand continues to evolve, even though the changes that we may go in and make today are going to be way more subtle than the drastic overhauls that we were making a decade ago. But because of the work that we've done together, it's allowed my website to level up As my work has done the same, meaning that my website was never too far out of step with my brand presence elsewhere on the internet. So these days, my website serves as both a place to fall in love with my work if you've never heard of me before. Uh, Roughly 25% of my clients come from Google search, they've never heard from me, they Google brand photographer, they see me on the first page, land on my website, decide I want to book her. So 25% of my clients come from there. Um, But then my website's also a source of affirmation for any client who's been personally referred to me. Like you get referred by someone you trust and their word is 95% enough to get you to hire me. But when you land on the website, there's gotta be a confirmation that yes, you are in the right place. Yes, this girl really knows what she's talking about. Um, One of my clients, Rachel, was referred by Caitlin James. And Caitlin's word holds a lot of weight. But you want to make sure when Rachel gets to my actual website that it's confirming, yes, this is the girl that you need to hire. And so the result of both of the, you know, the the power across both of those people who've never heard of the brand before and people who are referred by someone they trust, the result of that is uh, roughly 90% close rate on sales calls because By the time we get on the phone, clients are already sold on the fact that they want to work together and the website does a lot to speak to that. Best investment number three, consulting. Paying for customized expert advice. When I don't have the answer to a problem and I don't imagine being able to figure an issue out on my own or I imagine that it's gonna take me a lot of trial and error, a lot of time to try and figure it out on my own, that is about the time that I start looking for somebody that I can pay to help me fix the issue, especially if it is time sensitive. Um, These are usually issues that there's not a templated answer for, something that requires some nuance and and understanding more about a person's business before you can really understand the kind of solutions that they need and those are typically questions that can't be answered in a course which the further along we get in business and keep in mind I've been in business for like 13 years now not like 13 years it's been 13 years and four months anyway the longer I'm in business the more that I find that to be the case that as we grow our questions about issues that we're facing those become more and more specific and so they need a more tailored answer instead of a templated one Consulting is different from coaching. Coaching is a long-term relationship when someone uh, teaches you, helps you to figure out how to solve your own problems. Whereas consulting is typically shorter term when someone comes in um, and helps solve the problem for you or helps solve the problem with you. And consulting, so we got coaching, consulting, not the same thing as contracting. A contractor is someone that you hire to do the work for you. Whereas a consultant is going to map out a path that you follow and then execute. So if we think about this in terms of – one of my favorite expressions is teach a man to fish. No, shoot. Give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day. Teach a man to fish, he'll never go hungry again. That is my approach to teaching. I want to teach you how to fish. So along that metaphor, think of coaching like – Somebody is teaching you how to read the weather and the water conditions to find the best place to go so that you can do it again for yourself in the future, whereas consulting is paying someone to give you the latitude and the longitude coordinates for the exact place to go where the bass are already gathering. And then contracting is, I'm hiring you to go catch the fish for me so I can do literally anything else with my time than fishing. So we've hired consultants on a few occasions. Uh, I did a session with Jonathan Canlis. He's the uh, brilliant mind behind the film is not dead movement find. He owns the Find Lab. Um, film genius. So I, um, he's also a, a genius when it comes to running a business that's like um, – Print center, like maximizing profits with prints. So I did a session, um, a, a, a virtual, we called it a coaching session, but it really was a consulting session, um, where he taught me how to price prints for profit back when we were still doing weddings. His advice took our print sales from like, I mean, he gave me a formula do this, 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 and this. And we did. And it took our print sales from like maybe $500 a year to around $10,000 a year, again, back when we were still doing weddings. Um, So in that situation, I had a very specific problem. I wanted to make more money from our prints, and he was able to advise how to shift out of our old delivery system and into a new one and a new structure that would better serve our clients by making it easier for them to order the prints that I knew that they wanted. We also paid for expert advice and help last year when we were launching this podcast. We worked with Angie Jordan's agency, Podcast Launch Bestie. Um, We worked with her to get the first season up and running. I had an initial call with Angie to get the first season mapped out based on what my goals were for the show. Who did we want to reach? What was the end goal? What did we want this to do for our business? And so she helped me map out episodes 1 through 12 based on that, which was super helpful. And then her team handled um, the rest of it, like editing for each episode show notes they created our podcast cover art the initial one that we used um, which by the way if you guys haven't noticed we have new podcast cover art it just went live last week it's so beautiful take a look at your phone right now literally do it right now it's so pretty anyway so when hiring a consultant what we are generally looking for is someone who can help us get a job done faster and better than if we had attempted to figure it out for ourselves based on trial and error. So we're paying for somebody else's expertise to help us avoid the pain and the cost of trial and error while we still do the work ourselves. Again, it's not contracting. All right, investment number four, best investment number four, targeted online courses. So I know I just said that A lot of the problems we're looking to solve nowadays require tailored advice, but sometimes a course is a good fit. So I usually look for a targeted online course if there's a specific skill that I'm looking to cultivate or a muscle I know I need to grow. Um, I love, love discovering classes that can help me find creative new ways to grow and expand, especially if it's outside of my immediate industry. And I know it's a source that my competition probably hasn't heard from or um, um, isn't aware of so uh for example we are finding the need to run more facebook ads these days as we expand the abbey grace ecosphere so matt just finished making his way through adrian richardson's course called home team Advantage. adrian is she's actually one of my clients and she's a facebook ads expert uh, she runs an agency that um runs facebook ads for seven eight figure businesses I hope I'm not misspeaking there Um, and then she also has a membership called power players club and she has courses for people who are looking to do their own ads themselves um, because hiring an agency is a high dollar investment and so her courses help to teach you the ins and outs of Facebook ads so you're not left to the mercy of googling it and then sifting through millions of results both on Google and YouTube um So the course Home Team Advantage was specifically focused on Facebook ads for smaller offers called low ticket offers, which is something that we are planning to do more of this year. Hiring, we wanted to try to hire an ad agency for that. um, That's called Done For You, work sometimes abbreviated D-F-Y, Done For You. uh, That was gonna be out of the budget for us. So a course to teach us how to do, how to grow in that specific area and say, I say us, Matt. Matt was the one who went through Home Team Advantage. Matt is the one who handles our Facebook ads. That was the best solution for. For this particular area that we wanted to grow. The best online course that I've ever taken, and truly the best $97 I have ever spent in my business, is Ashlyn Carter's course, Primed to Launch. I feel like I mention or quote Ashlyn like every other episode, but that is because Homegirl is one of the smartest people I have ever met. She also happens to be one of my favorite clients. So Primed to Launch is the ultimate launch planning system. It's an editorial calendar and a course rolled into one, which helps to like build in. She, she always uses the term like let's shake the bottle, the champagne bottle, so that when you finally pop the cork, like people are just so, so, so excited for it. So we're building pressure right before launch to get people excited, building buzz. Um We follow Ashlyn's outline for every launch of Brand Photography Academy, and that is because it works. Um, I have lost track of a number of people over the years who I've sent to Prime to launch across several different industries. And it's because as creative business owners, it can feel gross talking about your own products and services, without coming across as salesy. And I don't know why we hate that word so much, like sales, like it makes us feel icky, but like we have to sell in order to stay in business, right? So Ashland System teaches you how to slide into your next promotional period without feeling like you're constantly asking people to buy from you. I cannot say enough good things about it. And I'll say that like what you learn in PTL this is not an ad for Prime to Launch, but like, <laughs> what you learn in PTL will reverberate in other areas of your business that you weren't expecting. Um, so can't say enough good things about that. We'll we'll link that in the show notes for you guys. I have also in the past enrolled in a class for food photography specifically to help me improve my styling skills for uh, flat lays and prop shots at brand shoots. Um, I enrolled in a course for short form video. I enrolled in a workshop for how to structure the framework of a course, kind of meta, um, and more. I had to go back to my folder of of things that I've purchased in my past um, and there's a lot in there. So Brand Photography Academy falls into that targeted online course category since it is specifically geared towards burned out and frustrated wedding and family photographers who are looking to either diversify their income or pivot entirely into the brand photography niche. Targeted online courses are consistently Some of the best money that we spend because each one helps to bridge an acute gap in my skill set, which then helps us to level up across the field over time. Best investment number five lighting gear. I used to be terrified of flash when it came to brand shoots, I uh, used it only when there was absolutely no other alternative, and I never liked the way that it looked because, to be honest, I didn't understand. How to make flash feel like natural light? It always felt very, very studio, very flashy, kind of stroby, and that's because I was using the same setup for brand shoots that I did for weddings. I was using a speed light, a light stand, and a white shoot-through umbrella—exact same thing that I would use to light a wedding reception. I was using that for brand shoots, and then wondering why doesn't this feel like natural light? Well, that's because I wasn't using the kind of modifiers or the strategy to accompany it (laughs) to best emulate the way that natural light comes through a window. But after a couple of shoots uh, where I literally had no other choice, I mean, you walk on set, like, you guys know what I'm talking about. Those times when you walk on set and the light inside the rental space looks nothing like it did in the online listing. (laughs) And you have no other choice than to break out your strobes. And so I realized that in order to be a brand photographer who can guarantee results no matter what kind of set I step onto, I had to at least be lighting literate. I didn't need to be a studio photographer, but I had to at least be able to diagnose what wasn't working when the light on set absolutely sucked and to have the gear to be able to create the type of visuals that I had promised my clients. Because with weddings, it was easy to avoid bad light, like just move the bride and groom into better light, right? Well, with brands, that's not how it works. And that was a learning curve for me. Like the set is often what dictates where you shoot, not the light, which is the opposite of what you're taught as a brand photographer or uh, opposite of what you're taught as a wedding photographer is like, just look for a good light and then take your clients there. Yes, that works on wedding days and in engagement sessions, but that doesn't work for brands because sometimes you're going to find yourself in a client studio and the light is less than optimal, but you have to make it work because the studio is part of the brand story, And so lighting gear and lighting strategy, all of a sudden that became my insurance policy for those times when the ambient light on set was not enough. Where another photographer might throw their hands up and say, I'm sorry, I just, I guess we can't work here. I guess we can't shoot here. I would pull out my lighting gear and say, let's go, no problem. And I can't tell you how many times in the last few years that that has not only saved me from utter panic on set. But that has also then helped me take a photo from eh good enough to the kind of standout hero photos that get my clients noticed that they then go on to use on the cover of a book which just happened a couple weeks ago so once i realized that i had to make off-camera flash maybe if not my friend but like an acquaintance that i knew their name and like we may not be besties but i could carry on a conversation with them for as long as was necessary so in order to get to that territory I had to start expanding my lighting kit, and so I added a few modifiers. That was my first step. I realized um, that the reason that I didn't like that white shoot through umbrella was because even though it was simple, it didn't allow much control for where my light went. There was a lot of spill onto the background and the foreground and like the all around ground. So (laughs) I invested in some additional modifiers that then helped me control where my light was going. And then I also invested, once I realized like, okay, I can do this, I also invested in some additional lights. So I have three strobes that come with me to every every shoot. Um, and I bought those two extra strobes to give me more flexibility in larger spaces when you know, just one off-camera flash was not enough. Um, And on that subject, if you guys want to be the first to hear when the new lighting course opens up, because we're going to be offering a significant discount for the first week that that course is live, make sure that you head over to abbygrace.co slash lighting and enter your email address to be added to the wait list. That's where we're going to be spilling details in just a few weeks. I'm so excited. One more time, that is abbygrace.co slash lighting. We'll also link that in the show notes. Um, so as far as investments on the horizon for us, honestly, the biggest one I can think of right now is upgrading my twenty-four to seventy to the Canon RF twenty-eight to seventy for my my R six. Although honestly, I don't know, I don't know if that qualifies as an investment since it's really more of a maintenance expense. That's not going to allow me to do anything new. It'll just. Allow me to do more of the kind of work that I'm already doing, but like with fewer soft images resulting from my 24 to 70 being too old and in need of retirement. So maybe a better answer for investments on the horizon, Um, I'd like to do some more work on the Abby Grace Photography logo and brand assets, the um, sort of the client-facing side of Abby Grace Photography. Jeff has done some fantastic work for me there in the past, um, but it's been a long time since we've worked on logo or like color palette, any kind of brand specific design versus website design. Um, I just worked with another designer on brand work for the Artisan CEO branding. Again, cover photo, it's so beautiful. Um, And so I'd love to work on something similar for the AG brand in general. Coming up in the next episode, we'll be talking about the other end of the spectrum, the five worst investments I've made in my business over the last 13 years. I'm going to be sharing my most expensive mistakes and why I would actually still choose one of them again now that I'm out of the wedding industry. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, remember to hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode and head over to abbygrace.co slash podcast for even more resources to help you blow your clients away at your very next brand shoot. I'm Abby Grace and I'll see you next time. Now, let's go get after it, shall we?